Welcome to Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. I'm your host, Stephanie Poplantos. Today, I have Mark Smith. He is an owner and founder of the Messianic Lamb Network that you may or may not know anything about. But if you don't know a little bit about it, then we're going to tell you more. My friend Lauren and I have a show every Tuesday morning called Living Waters, and that is on the Messianic Lamb Network. There's many shows on there, some for everybody. So I am going to um, let him talk a little bit about that. And thank you for being here, Mark. Thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate your uh, inviting me. Um, If you ever get an email from me, my tagline in the email says, our ministry's mission is to to promote other ministries of integrity. So that ought to make you feel good, Stephanie. You're you're on the network, so. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's it, really, in a nutshell. Um, uh, A lot of history before. But pretty basically, um, a quick, quick little story and how it started. And that will show you how, why we are still here. But, mm-hmm. um, and we, this month is our 11th anniversary. We've been broadcasting tw- not 24 seven, but solid, uh, every day, uh, for 11 years this month. Wow. And Congratulations. Um, so uh, let's put it together. Uh, let's, let's say uh, a month ago, 11 years ago, Rico Cortez and I had previously the Sukkot before, let's just say February 2012. In uh, 2011, Rico Cortez and I had talked about how awesome it would be to be able to play music and do um, shows or say whatever we want to live on our website. Because he had his uh, website, I had mine, and we're both saying, yeah, great. Actually, um, I had my own first radio show when I was 14 years old. Wow. I broadcast on our local radio station the whole time I was in high school. So the last three years of high school, uh, I had my own radio show every Saturday. And so we had talked about that. And anyway, so I'm at work one day and I get a call from Rico Cortez and, and he says, Mark, go to my website. And so I go to his website and I'm looking at it and, and okay. And he says, do you hear music? I, yeah, you're playing music. And so over to the side, he has this little column and he's playing music through this little column on his website. And he says, just listen, just listen. So I'm on the phone with Rico and, and I'm sitting there pretty soon on the website. The music stops and I hear Rico say, hi, Mark. Hey, can you hear me, Mark? And I'm on the phone with Rico. Wow. Hey, pretty cool. Rico, when can I get my own? And he says, well, I'm going to put you in touch with my guy today. Three days later on my website was the first time I broadcast anything from my website and it went solid from that point. I bought the software, I set it all up, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, now we had 
basically lamb radio. I called it, well, I didn't, I didn't know what to call it. We just radio, messianic radio station. Anyway, so that's how it got started. But the, the idea was, is that before this, I had been doing podcasts with, um, eight other people that were real good messianic friends of mine. We would make up these different things and put together in one podcast and then air that podcast or that recording. And I had also been asked by a couple of other people to co-host shows with them on blog talk radio, uh, you know, and, you know, all that different thing that was going on back then. Uh, anyway, when I finally got mine set up, then all of us that were doing podcasts came over to the now radio station and I started loading it with music. Uh, I, I was a part of a ministry at that time, um, called Lion Lamb Ministries with, uh, Monty Judah. And, um, Monty and I were real close. Matter of fact, my wife worked at Lion Lamb and, and, um, being a part, a major part of this ministry afforded me the ability to meet all kinds of people. I mean, big name people like Rico Cortez and Brad Scott. I, I say big name, but these are people like Eddie Chumney that are invited to speak at conferences and, and come to congregations or synagogues and, and teach and that. So it afforded me the, not only the ability to meet them, but they stayed in my home. They, um, actually Eddie Chumney used to do what's called a five minute update. He did it from my home you know, several times. Mm. And so over a period of time, I also met several people that were leaders of congregations or Torah groups. And and uh, when we had Sukkot's of 1,200 people, you get to meet, you know, massive amounts of people, uh, especially since I was a, a big part of that Sukkot. Uh, uh, and so... I would find people that could teach, but they didn't have a place to teach outside of their local group. And there were integrity messages brought forth by these people. So I started bringing them into Lamb. And my whole idea was that if I can make Lamb radio work for the first year without adding People like Monty Judah, Rico Cortez, Eddie Chumney, Brad Scott, it, it, and not play their stuff, but only play people that were underdogs. If I can make it the first year, then I will start bringing in other people, you know, bigger names and stuff like that. We did great. The first year, the word got out and, and Monty was constantly promoting it because he respected my ministry and everything. Anyway, that's how it got started. So that's, that was Lamb Radio. So that's, that's the whole idea yet still today. That's where it comes under the auspices of our ministry's mission is to promote other ministries of integrity. You see, so there you go. That's, uh, from the very beginning to 11 years later, it's still the core of who we are. After uh, seven and a half years or so, 
basically the radio, mm. the online radio station took eight softwares all working together at one time just to do a 24-7, 365 radio station, eight softwares. And there's no place out there that teaches you how to do that. I li- It took me three months to put these different softwares together to make this work. So actually in March, I started, but it really wasn't until like September before we were full force and, and going very stable. But uh so at the end of 2017, these softwares kept starting to be upgraded and updated and they weren't working together as well as they did when we started. So I had to look for a different way to do what we wanted to do. There were over 30 different producers, ministries at that time doing shows, and all but five of them had agreed that what we'll do is go to the next step and do video. So one by one, towards the end of 2017 into 18, we started doing video pretty much at the, at the first of the year we dropped the whole radio deal and went full force into I'm sorry it was 2018 we had gone to the end of 2018 2019 we went so that's why we're video we are the lamb network now the lamb video okay. network rather than radio lamb radio but you can even go lamb radio video network because we're playing a lot of the old shows. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I found since then that I have a hard drive with every single hour of every show we ever did on Lamb Radio. I have over 10,000 hours of recorded broadcasts over a hundred shows and every single show everybody did, I have on an external hard drive. So if you're listening to the Lamb Network and, or you're watching it and you see people moving around, it's live, but then you see where you just see a banner, but yet the audio's going, those are the old Lamb radio shows. I mean, I mean, you got to understand, Torah is still as good as it was 11 years ago today, right? You know, so yeah. there's no reason to get rid of all those. I'm playing them again. And, of course, people that watch it today, you know, have never heard mm-hmm. these these shows before. So Torah is just as applicable today as it was 11 years. Believe it or not. How about that? So, uh Yeah. So that's, <laughs> so that's lamb as you know it today. It's video and then there's old, uh, radio shows mixed into it. So it's the lamb radio video network. Okay. How many programs do you have? We're, we're right now we're broadcasting 97 shows a week. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. 97, uh, pretty basically about 12 hours a day, seven days mm-hmm. a week. Okay. And on set, Sabbath, we have nine shows that teach 
the Torah portion for on their show during the week. They teach the Torah portion, and then we replay some of them. A couple of them are live, but we have nine Torah portion shows within 10 hours. So you have 10 hours, nine different shows back to back. If you can't find a Torah uh, show teaching the Torah portion on Sabbath, you ain't looking because mm-hmm. it's right there on mm-hmm. on lamp. So my podcast reaches a lot of Christians, you know, Gentile people in the churches. So there's mm-hmm. two things I'd like you to kind of just explain for those who are listening. You mentioned and I'll, be, I'll be nice. I'll be careful. I'll be nice. <laughs> no, Sukkot, you mentioned that a few times. I know what it is, but I'd like you to explain it. And then, of course, so, I think most people know Torah is the old, well, it can be used a few ways, right? It can be used to mean actually Mosaic law. It can also be a lot of people just refer to the Old Testament as almost I've heard people just kind of use it very generally. But you talked about Torah portions, and that's very specific. Well, you have the the Torah, the Tanakh. Mm-hmm. The Tanakh means the the uh uh, all together, mm-hmm. uh, but you've got the prophets and the writings, mm-hmm. and so you got Torah, prophets, writings, and the Brit Hadashah, which is the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the Torah itself, back in Yeshua's days, in Jesus' day, basically they would in the synagogues they would go through the Torah starting with Genesis 1 1 and go all the way to, to the end. By the way, in Yeshua's day, it wasn't divided up into five books. Right. It was right. actually one book or seven. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there's a there's a place right in the middle where there's uh well that's a whole nother teaching. Uh but it it, it was really taught in three and a half years. During Yeshua's day. Okay. Um, because of several different changes in the past 2000 years, it's come down to the generic go through it in a year, mm-hmm. you know, and I honestly, it's been years since I looked into it. I don't know how long that's been and it's only gone, but when somebody talks about the Torah portion I- anymore, it's always that you're going through the, the Torah, the from Genesis 1 1. Uh, to the end of Deuteronomy in one year. So it's divided up into those different book into not books, but different sections. Mm-hmm. And each one of those sections is divided up into seven sections so that you can read a certain section every day mm-hmm. down to the Sabbath section. Anyway, Torah portions are just those individual sections that you go mm-hmm. through the book in a year's time. Since right. it's generically followed amongst uh, across the board of from Jewish to Messianic to anybody else that actually goes through the Torah, it's widely accepted. For instance, this year we're in Kaitisa, and that is a specific Torah portion that everybody reads it and then discusses it, and you go from there. So that's the Torah portion. It, Right. This is what I think is so cool about it is you have whether you're in Africa, whether you're in Canada or or Israel, you're going through the same portions of scripture around the world. Around the world. 
And that's right. You're all talking about the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And it starts on Sunday morning, you know, Sunday morning to Saturday at night. Mm -hmm. Once mm -hmm. the sun goes down on Saturday, you start the new portion. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. And I think it's, of course, if you're in the Messianic church, then they include some portions from the Gospels. I believe they, they use different parts of New Testament. Well, yeah, actually, it's the Torah, the prophets and the writings, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, or the Hoff Torah. They call it the Hoff Torah, uh, H A F T O R A H. It's not half Torah. Okay. It's Hoff Torah. It's a Hebrew word, and it covers that, the prophets and the writings, and then the Brit Hadashah portion that goes along. So everything, and Torah has a reference to the prophets and the writings or the Hoff Torah and the Bret Hadashah. So, you know, good congregations cover all three of them. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're only going to cover one, you've left out a whole understanding as far as I'm concerned. And in my opinion, if you can't validate Whatever you're reading in the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, if you can't validate that with the first five books, then you can't validate it. That's all there is to it. Everything mm -hmm. refers to something in the first five books. When I first started studying Torah, that was a huge issue for solidifying the fact that I had to live this lifestyle is that simply everything I read, I could go to Torah and validate it. That that was huge mm -hmm. in in me confirming this this uh, lifestyle. Right, and then you mentioned Sukkot. Oh, Sukkot. <laughs> on and off i'll talk to somebody and i might say even passover and they're like what's I, i'm sorry i don't know anything about passover so i find that you yeah. know there's these words aren't often yeah. used within church i mean they might use passover more than they would use something like sukkot so i think that it's i always think that people just don't don't know because they don't hear the words often enough well they they might know better feast of tabernacles mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that may be a better mm -hmm. way to speak to somebody that mm -hmm. doesn't. Sukkot, the word Sukkot is the plural of the word sukkah, mm -hmm. and sukkah means a temporary dwelling place. Okay, so realistically, our bodies are sukkahs mm -hmm. because this is a temporary dwelling place for mm -hmm. us, and so. Suka is is what the Israelites lived in when they left Egypt. Mm -hmm. okay? They lived in sukkahs. They lived in temporary dwelling places. And so, since there was a whole bunch of them, you know, they were a whole they were Sukkot. But the Lord, after they had left Egypt, set it up. You need to remember what you've done here you left egypt you know and out of that bondage and the whole thing it's all about remembrances of you need to remember eight days you need to go away 
Okay. I mean, some people do it in their house, do it in their, on their back porch or in their yard or whatever. But the real way to do it is literally to go away from your permanent dwelling and live for eight days in a temporary dwelling place. That's why it's Sukkot. But it's also, it's what's called Moedim. It's called God's appointed times. Okay, so it's these times God has set aside to remember specific things to remind you about him and the people and what has happened and so that it keeps you in remembrance and it keeps you going. So uh to do, you don't do sukkah. I can't say I'm going to go do sukkah to hold a holy, holy convocation. You're to meet with other people during this time. So you wouldn't, if you're with a whole bunch of people doing it, it's not a sukkah, it's Sukkot. That is the basics of understanding Sukkot is all gathering together like-minded believers to remember Mm -hmm. what the Lord has done and to um, community. Celebrate. Really, it's really, it's a, big time of celebration it right it, it is it is so have you been to israel um i went there in 2017 and it was really impactful mm. it was really an emotional trip for my husband and i and have you been there and how often have you been there well i i went in 1995 we were uh, this is before i ever even had wor- heard the word messianic <laughs> and uh we were a part of a full gospel church and uh, a part of the leadership and and the pastor had put together several trips before quite honestly my wife had heard a teaching about Israel and I can't remember what it was now but she got a heart for Israel, I mean, for Israel and the uh, the people and everything about it, to the point where it actually kind of perturbed me a little bit. You're a little bit too involved in this. Come on, we're Christians. We're not. That's not who we are. This kind of thing. And so, what happened was is that when our pastor was putting together the newest um, walk where Jesus walked. Uh, you know, trip to Israel, my wife actually put it together money wise and everything else for me to go instead of her. She wanted me to get that clue, get to get an understanding. And wow. she prayed that that would do it. Well, it's like, no, you, you have that heart, you go. And so anyway, I ended up going and the very first day, on the trip, it was only like 35 of us, but five of those 35 was from a Messianic congregation in Fort Worth. And uh one of those people was the cantor. Uh, and a cantor is a person that uh chants the liturgy. Okay, mm-hmm. so it, it, every part of the service has liturgy. And if you can find someone that can do it to chant that liturgy is, is goosebumps. It's, it's amazing, especially to find somebody that does it. So 
he and I, the cantor of that congregation and I, we like, I can remember we bumped into each other and introduced each other. And the next thing you know, we're sitting beside each other on the bus and we're getting to know each other. And then at nighttime, when we all stayed at the same hotel, then we would share off going to each other's room and talking about the Bible. And uh, he would, I used to be a hellfire and damnation preacher. I did tent revivals. I would go three and a, three to three and a half months twice a year and go through the southern United States with two other pastors and do tent revivals. And so, um, he questioned me about it and what my doctrines were and things like this. And so he said, okay, explain, let's just say Trinity. Explain Trinity. So I went to the New Testament and I'm showing him and telling him all about Trinity. And he, he says, so now show it to me in the Old Testament. And well, it's there. You, you can find it. But what's real important is the New Testament. And he goes, well, let me show you where it is in the Old Testament. And he, every different doctrine we talked about, we did exactly the same thing. I didn't know where any of the references were in the Old Testament, but I could, I could teach you for hours on any doctrine in the New Testament. It blew me away. I, I just couldn't fathom. It was so much to take in that one thing after another, he literally only taught me from the first five books of the Bible. And I, it was like, I, I just, I couldn't believe. Matter of fact, from Israel, I called my wife and told her, I said, when we get back, <laughs> we're, we're going to start studying this. We're going to start doing this. And by the way, uh, his name is Yeshua. <laughs> and so, so we, I come back and here we are at our church, our normal church. And the very first week, I'm now wearing a kippah. A tallit and tzitzit on my waist and the whole thing at church. And, you know, nobody, everybody looked at me, nobody said anything. And so I walk out at first and pastor comes out and says, okay, Mark, we know you. <laughs> we know you well enough to know you're not just doing this on a whim. And I said, no, I, I was taught this in Israel. Uh, they explained it to me. I came back and researched it out to the fullest. And I totally agree with what these three items represent. And they represent the same thing in my life. And so uh she fine, good. If that's what the deal is, then yes, you're you're good. Uh, we went to that church for three and a half years after, after we got back from going over to Israel. And so, uh, and they, we did. Matter of fact, we, we found, it wasn't very long till we found, uh, somebody that would come all the way an out, drive an hour and a half every Saturday night and teach us the Torah portion. Of course, he brought several other people with him, but I mean, almost right away, we almost had our own messianic congregation simply because this Torah teacher wanted to teach us. And so we were going to 
to uh, Saturday night being taught Torah, and then Sunday morning we went back to church. And mm-hmm. so we did that for about three and a half years before we finally couldn't be involved in church anymore. Right. That's hard going and doing. I've talked to many people who have tried doing both, you know, keeping Shabbat on Friday, Saturday, you know, 24 hours from Friday evening to sundown to Saturday evening sundown and then getting up on Sunday morning and going to church. And yeah. um, and that's where my husband and I are right now. And most of them tell us, yeah, it won't last long. But what we usually think that will be a good influence in, mm-hmm. on people. I mean, I had I, I remember two of my very closest friends, two brothers that that I explained specific things to them. They were weeping in tears from the things that I was able to open up out of the New Testament. I took them to the New Testament and then explained to them, you know, where it came from the Old Testament. Both of them were in tears, but neither one of them ever made a commitment to to go farther, mm-hmm. you know, so. I'm not against it whatsoever at all. I mean, it's that you live the life you live and you love the Lord. If you love the Lord, that's all there is to it. I mean, it was accounted to Abraham because of his faith, period, period. That's all it is, is your Mm -hmm. faith, you know, in the right God. You got to get the right God, though. You're absolutely right. Abraham was Gentile who loved the Lord and he believed what the Lord said. And, you know, I think the excitement that I have and and you obviously have when you start learning about finding Yeshua, Jesus in the Old Testament and finding that correlation between the old and the new and that they're not separate. There's so many things that cross over. There's lines, parallels, layers. That's what gets me excited. And I, I even have people who kind of make, you know, little kind of make fun of me, I guess you might say they make little digs like, why are you getting so excited about that? But, but it is true because I love to learn and I love to see those layers. And I love to see when the Lord shows me something that I never knew before. And, and I think that's where it comes from. You just kind of like get excited about what the Lord's teaching you. And you start seeing a greater significance in the Old Testament, because I think I, I've shared this multiple times, but I think I read where a few years ago, 85% of pastors never taught on the Old Testament. They only teach on the New Testament. And But when you start studying the Old Testament and you see this ribbon of Yeshua through it and you see these types and these shadows, it's very exciting because now you see a deeper layer and another layer. And and I think it's just that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. He's the way that we get to eternal life. He's the only way. So by doing, studying Torah portions, by studying scripture, Old Testament scripture, or what have you, we're not, we're not doing that for salvation. We're not doing that for eternal life. We're doing it to get closer right. to the Lord. Based on what you just said right there, have you ever seen a New Testament Bible where it's just the New Testament? Mm-hmm. Why? That's my question is why? What, how can you have that book mm-hmm. without the rest of it? You can't. Yeah. 
So next time you run into somebody that's only New Testament, ask them the reason why. And they'll get their, they're all bunched their eyes right. up and I don't understand your question. What do you, what do you mean? Why? Well, that book, that book doesn't, isn't anything. It, it's almost, I, I'll hear, I'll, I'll tell you a little something. I told people <laughs> to throw it away. Throw mm-hmm. it away. It's worthless. Right. Without the Old Testament. It is. Literally, you can't validate anything in the New Testament without the Old Testament. Come on, get a clue. Mm-hmm. Seriously, get a clue. And and here's another one for you. Right. You said the way Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. You want to break that down real quick, and I can do it real quick. Good, go ahead. Word the word way means halakha. What's the you know what halakha means? It means the way a person walks. Okay. That's a Hebrew word that means the lifestyle that a person walks. Okay. Our, my Holocaust is messianic. Okay. Mm -hmm. The messianic lifestyle. That's my Holocaust. The way, the truth. There is no other truth without Yeshua. And once again, that word validate is huge to me. And validate comes from the word value. There is no value within any truth without Yeshua. And where does Yeshua come from? But the Old Testament, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to get more into it. And the life, the life, the, the Kai. The Kai that's within me, you know, in other words, the breath of life that, that the Lord breathed into me from day one when he, when he created Adam and breathed the life into him. So now let's go, let's go back to Yeshua said, I am the way a person walks. The only truth there is. And there is no life without my father breathing into you. And no man comes to the father except through the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. And the most vital scripture and understanding Mm. to who you are in the Lord. Once again, you can't validate any of that without understanding Torah. Right. So. So anyway, that, that's one of the most important verses out of the Red Hot of Shah is, mm-hmm. is what he says. But you have to understand that way, truth, and life. Especially mm-hmm. And even when Jesus said, um, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. I mean, that comes that's from right. Deuteronomy. That, yeah. So. Yeah. Right. You had it there first in Hebrew, and right. now he's repeating it. And and we add a few words <laughs> there because it's interesting. I did a I did a word study on that, and the reason is because in Hebrew they combine mm-hmm. heart and mind. It's one what you feel in your heart, you think, you do, and um. But the Greeks separate the heart uh-huh. and mind. So then, when it's translated yeah. into Greek, mm-hmm. you get heart, soul, mind, and strength, and. And I say this all the time, but it's like the Torah tells us how to love God with all of our hearts, 
mind and strength. So, you know, we can't do without the instructions that tell us how to love the Lord our God. That's exactly right. Though, uh, and and I personally um, have a hard time with, uh, a lot of people will say that it's, that the Torah is teaching and instructions. Yes, it is, but more vital to that is that it is law. Mm -hmm. It really is law. And if you don't like that word law, then you're an anarchist. Sorry, you're an, you're against law. I mean, we can't be against the law of the land. If we didn't have any law in the land, we'd all be dead because all the bad guys would win, right? right? And do we do we shun the Ten Commandments that told us that line up with some of the laws law. of the land? It's law. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. We, you got to love law. Without it, the bad guy wins. See? Mm-hmm. So that's just the way. That's my personal view. Anyway. That's true. So. That's good. It's very good. So you went back to Israel, I've heard. You've been there more than once. I, I did. Uh, we were uh, very good friends. Um, we had a congregation in, in southeast Kansas that some friends of ours that were also part of that congregation knew some people in Israel, in Haifa, Israel, that had a uh, a pretty huge messianic ministry right in Haifa. Now that sounds strange to anybody that knows Israel because they, the, the Jewish law within Israel doesn't recognize Jesus or Yeshua as Messiah and that, you know, Christianity and, and the messianic lifestyle and all of that is not you can't proclaim that in Israel, but yet there are ministries. There are Messianic ministries. Now, this ministry called Ohalea Rakamim is uh, what they do is, uh, especially back in the day when we went, it was probably about 10 years ago, um, there were a lot of people, refugees co- that were Jewish being kicked out of countries coming into Israel. Okay. So what Ohalea Rachamim had was a, a, as part of their ministry was they had clothes, they had food, they had housing. They brought these refugees in and, and got them set up because a lot of them had to leave their homes with just maybe one bag, period. They had nothing. That they had before. And so, Ohilea Rock Meme, and it still does today. Eitan Shishkoff, uh, is, uh, the rabbi's name, and, um, he, they still do this today. Well, um, some Jewish people climbed up on the roof of their synagogue, uh, broke a hole in it and dropped a firebomb down in their messianic synagogue, burnt the whole thing down, except, except the Torah scroll. There's a, there's a huge box that, that holds the Torah scroll. 
and it got it got burnt and scorched and everything everything else except for the torch pole burned up so i and two other guys from our congregation flew over to israel to haifa and we spent three weeks there rebuilding their congregation as a matter of fact i got to build the ark the ark is the cabinet that holds the Torah scroll. Still today, you can go in there and see this huge floor to ceiling wooden cabinet that holds their Torah scroll. And I got the, I got the honor of, <laughs> to build the art. Wow. But so that we were there for three, we got to live, uh, you know, people put us up in their houses and we lived right there and got to. Got to do that. So that was pretty awesome. That is. Uh, we, we, we were there for almost three weeks and we're headed home and we had to go through Jerusalem. So this is kind of a, a, a neat little story here is, is the three of us had rented a car to go from Haifa to the airport in Tel Aviv and we stayed a couple of nights in, in Jerusalem, uh, at a hostel. And when we just got to Jerusalem, we're driving, driving down the street. And literally, as God is my witness, we heard machine gun fire. Literally. I mean, the three of us are, and traffic is stopped, you know, and we're right behind somebody. Somebody pulls up behind us. There and we can't go anywhere. And all of a sudden, you look down the aisles in between the cars, and there's people running—a whole line of people running straight towards us. And then they turn and go into Jerusalem, and then the cars started back up, and we were gone. That I mean, it happened literally like that. It was so funny. I'll never forget that. You're you're in Jerusalem out on the driving on the street and you hear machine gun fire what do you do wow wow <laughs> anyway so yeah good story oh, just, uh, how many hours do you have there, <laughs> Stephanie? i guess i'm sure you, you do i wish we had more time but, yeah i try to keep it around 45 minutes but i don't i sometimes i don't i'm not very good at that but so i know you have your own program as well on the messianic lamb network so you want to tell us a little bit about your own show that you do i i do a show called the planet chapter and i do it with sandy craig um her husband john craig does a show uh on monday he hosts it uh but sandy and i started a show called only visiting this planet uh which sounds a little strange but if you read John 17:14 uh Yeshua said I am not of this world and so the whole show was based on on that in January of 2017 Sandy and I started this show and we went for almost 2 years 6 days a week then we shut that down other people took over the shows and then Sandy and I did another show called The Next Chapter. And now we're doing a show where we're morphing the next chapter with only visiting this planet. And it's called The Planet Chapter. And it's still Sandy and I okay. doing. Sandy and I have done over 1,500 shows together. And uh, oh. so you've been on the show. You know we had fun. 
Yes. Okay. We get we serious. Mm-hmm. We talk about serious stuff, but we have fun with it because I believe Taurus fun. Man, we can, you can have a blast mm-hmm. with your lifestyle. Uh, some people want to be pious as they can, but you, you go your pious way. I'll go the fun way. So anyway, so we do. We have, we have a blast with it. Yeah. And, and it is a good show because you, you split it up in, into three sections. So you mm-hmm. have um, a fun part for the first half hour, if I remember correctly. Then we do skits. Yeah, yeah. And then in this middle section is when, um, I guess in this case, it was Sandy who gave. Uh, yeah. She always does the serious okay. part. Of the show. So she Come gave up with the, the topic. middle section, the topic right. there. And yeah. then we talk about it for the last half hour. Mm-hmm. We talk about what uh-huh. she went over, and I think that you also ask questions and and get- yeah, we play games like uh, Torah or not Torah, right? I remember I, that. A game I came up with. Uh, I can't even remember. It's probably been ten years or more that I came up with this game, and we physically have sold you know a whole lot of them, and we play it on the show. It's so, fun. Yeah, yeah, we play games. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. It's- it's fun. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate your time today and talking about Messianic Lamb Network. And I will leave links in the show notes. And um, so you can have a link to the Messianic Network. Lamb, lambnetwork.tv right. yes. is the easiest way uh, for people to get to it. And it doesn't throw them off from the radio and all that kind of stuff. It's just, if you just say lambnetwork.tv, they'll get right there. Okay, good to know. And then there you can find a whole calendar of shows, that something that takes right. place every day, morning yeah, to evening. 97 shows a week, and uh, there's something like 12 to 15 shows a day yes. that are played. Very good. And they're all interesting. They all have different people, different ways of presenting the message of God, of Jesus. So, right. so it's it's uh, very good. So thank you. I appreciate your time today. I know you're a busy man. So thank you. Being here. Had fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. You can find me at www.graftedjewishroots.com. You can also find me on Twitter at GraftedJewishRT. I appreciate you being with me, and I'll see you next time.